in three short years, your daughter and oh, my boy. son are 13. Aiden's going to be 14, and your daughter will be 14 in yeah. June. So in three short years, they'll be 17. Now, oh, when they – let's say your daughter asks you in three years, <laughs> Mom, Dad, can I skip school on a Friday to drive all the way down to Bloomington, Indiana – then from Bloomington, Indiana, I'm going to drive to Kentucky to go catfishing Then and, and stay the night on a pond outside, outside to go catfishing. Uh, then I'm going to drive back from Kentucky to Bloomington. Then on Saturday, yes. I'm going to go from Bloomington to North Indianapolis to a Hank Jr. concert. Then I'm going to drive back down to Bloomington and then on Sunday go caving and then come back. What would you say to your uh, daughter? Um, good luck. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. You heard my buddy Mike there. Good luck. And boy, we must have had a ton of luck in the fall of 1995 as 17-year-old seniors in high school during one insanely action-packed weekend. I thank you for listening to my podcast, Memory Mission a podcast where my friends, family, and I capture our wild memories in the studio, and then I share them with you in engaging audio stories that I'm confident you'd feel a connection to. In a previous episode, Cypress Hill or Bust, you heard about a trip that I took senior year of high school to Indianapolis for a Cypress Hill concert. There were many mishaps and uh, <laughs> questionable decisions along the way, but it was a trip that 25 plus years later, we still talk about. It was a story about when you simply purchase something like a concert ticket, you have no clue what unforeseen things will occur. And it's these unforeseen things are what stamp permanent memories in our minds. Well, a short five months before the Cypress Hill concert, my good buddy Mike and I took a trip south to attend another concert. Hank Williams Jr. Same thing. We purchased a concert ticket and we had no clue that this weekend would be one that we would never forget. And that's pretty surprising that we can still remember because as you'll hear, I'm shocked we didn't get concussed, maimed, kidnapped, or even vanished inside the bowels of a Southern Indiana cave. What you'll hear in this episode is Mike and I sharing the story behind our trek from South Bend to Bloomington to Kentucky to Bloomington to Indianapolis to Bloomington to a cave and then back to South Bend, all in a little more than 48 hours. Next. You'll hear how shocked Mike was when I shared with him the actual date of the concert. We were seniors in high school, driving down to see his brother Mark, who was a sophomore at Indiana University. He'd be our host for the weekend. And since he was a bit older, a bit wiser, we knew we were in good hands. To everybody out there, Mike and I took a weekend uh, senior year. It was fall of senior year, and we drove down to Bloomington to hang out with his brother, 
And then the main event was the next night, Saturday, was a Hank Williams Jr. concert. We loved Hank Jr. Yes. Mike, it was Saturday, September 30th, 1995. That was the date of the concert. Isn't that crazy? That's fucked up. 1995. That is fucked up. We were 17, beginning of senior year. I feel so old. That's (laughs) nuts, man. Yes, it really is. But think of the boldness Uh, and how brave we were. Think of this. Dude, that was one of the most epic trips. I remember being absolutely exhausted after it. Yep, yep. Because it was just nothing but either driving or doing stuff or this, this, or that. Yes. It was, uh, it was, it was ridiculous. As our listeners know, we were children of the 80s and 90s. So I listened to mostly hip hop at the time and still do. We also threw in a little old school country in there as well. And Hank Williams Jr. was right up there. So I was super amped up to see him live. And I was thinking that it would be a pretty chill weekend and we'd conserve our energy for the concert. Nope. After after we drove the four hours from South Bend, Indiana to Bloomington, Mike's brother Mark had an urge to go fishing. Not just fishing, but catfishing. Not just catfishing at nearby Griffey Lake, Monroe Lake, Lake Lemon. I'm talking catfishing in the backwoods of Kentucky overnight. Please note that our host, Mark, was gracious enough to provide the mode of transportation for the weekend, his brown and rust 1980 Toyota Celica. Now, please know that Mark had a soft spot for that era of Toyota Celicas, as the brown one was the second one that he had owned. Now, looks can be deceiving, because one wouldn't think that by the looks of it, that this car could navigate the hills of Southern Indiana and the back roads of Kentucky, but it was a beast. And I'm sure that every time Mark thinks of it, he sheds a little tear. Next, Mike and I talk about leaving Bloomington after driving four hours from South Bend and then heading down to Kentucky to go catfishing. So we, we drove from South Bend to Bloomington. Then we jumped in your brother's brown Toyota Celica. He still had that car in college. The car we just talked about. Those are the gifts that keep on giving. <laughs> You're that. damn right. And I'll never forget it because when we drove from Bloomington to Kentucky that Friday night, like we had driven mm-hmm. literally to Bloomington and then down to Kentucky. I was in the back seat of that Celica next to a giant cooler uh, that had the live fish in there. Because we had to stop and get bait. Yes, for bait. Yeah. So I'm sitting yeah. back there, water swishing around, and we get down to Kentucky. And then when we got into Kentucky on whatever the hell my brother had set up, like this has just got a backwoods story <laughs> build up already. But we... We get down, and I'm not shitting you. We're in the middle of yes. nowhere. Yes, in Kentucky. And <laughs> and there was a cop, like, right before we ended up hitting there. Because uh-huh. we're like, shit, we got some beers yeah. and yeah. this, this, and that. 
somehow or another, we didn't get pulled right. over. Otherwise, that just would have added to this story. So we get into this the space. And it was a shitload of fun. Like, you know, we we hit there and, and stay overnight, fishing yep. and, and, and all this shit. Yep. And I don't think I've ever seen that many fucking stars in the sky. Oh, it was nature. It was it was the yes. middle of nowhere. Yes, yes. Yeah. It was nature. It was crazy. I still can't get over the fact that we had the energy to drive four hours south to Bloomington just to drive several more hours south to Kentucky just to stay up all night to catfish. <laughs> Woo! Next, Mike and I talk about how at probably five in the morning, I laid my head down on a large rock to take a little nap. And the brothers were so kind and wanted to keep me warm. So they were sure to light a little fire. And we're out at a lake somewhere in Kentucky. And I'm just laying there, and you're right, it was gorgeous, the stars and stuff. But I remember falling asleep on a rock. And and I think you guys lit a cigarette. Because I woke up with the with the worst headache. Because I think one of you guys put a cigarette in my mouth and lit it. <laughs> oh shit! We Do you did, remember dude. that at all? <laughs> yes, we totally did. Perfect. I yes. have. Oh yes, my god. Yes. We totally did. Yes. <laughs> oh, if we had cell phones, yes. that'd have been perfect. But Mike, Son of a if bitch. we had cell phones, I don't know if if these trips would be as epic. You know. No. And they, they just wouldn't. Be. So we were up all Friday night. Okay, we, so I slept outside for an hour. Then we drove back Saturday morning. We drove back Saturday morning back up to McNutt. After staying up all of Friday night in Kentucky, well, other than a, other than a smoke-filled little nap I took on a rock, we had to drive back up north to Bloomington, to Mark's dorm, to try to at least catch a few hours of sleep. I remember sleeping for a couple of hours and then waking up, and then the excitement started to build for the Hank Williams Jr. concert. We were getting amped up that the main reason we were down there, the Hank Jr. concert, would be here in a few short hours. All we had to do was just get to Deer Creek Music Center in Noblesville, Indiana, north of Indianapolis, about 80 miles north of Bloomington. Now, a little description of uh, the Music Center Deer Creek has had a few different names over the years and currently is called the Ruoff Center. It's an outside concert amphitheater that seats 25,000 people. So this is not a little place. This is not a little hole in the wall. It takes up a huge area of land with the parking lot, the stage, the amphitheater, and so forth. But like you heard in our Cypress Hill or Bust episode, MapQuest or GPS would have done us some good. Next, Mike and I talk about getting a bit lost on the way to Deer Creek. Because we drove back to Bloomington on Saturday morning from Kentucky, but then we drove to Deer Creek to Hank Jr. from Bloomington. Yes. And we got lost. There's no map quest, people. Nope. There's just crap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You just fucking figure it out. Yes. And when you have a bunch of fucking hungover yes. people in a car... 
you're probably gonna fuck it yes, up. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's what we did. <laughs> it was like the longest trip ever. I was like, how the fuck are we still? Yep. <laughs> yep. But we made it. And think of it though. I don't know how. I, I, how you just stop and ask? I I guarantee. That's what we did. I'm like, I, Deer Creek, how do you get there? We were on the most random ass roads <laughs> ever, man. And now I look back, I'm like, how the fuck did we? This is such an easy drive. Now. But looking back at it. Who knows? Uh, we didn't have a shit clue. No, no. And it's, yeah, you just couldn't. I mean, the internet was around, but it's not like you're readily available at all. No. You know, yeah, at yeah. all. <laughs> but we made it. Lo and behold, we find Deer Creek in Noblesville, Indiana, north of Indy. We pull up. I remember seeing a sea of cars and people tailgating, just like a football game. Instead of Notre Dame gear, we saw a lot of cowboy hats, cowboy boots, and blue jeans. Mike's jeans, on the other hand, (laughs) we're about to experience a splash. Because when you live the bad boy life on the road like Mike and I were that weekend, you work up the need to relieve yourself. And when in Rome, you do as the Romans do. When at Deer Creek at a Hank Williams Jr. concert, you do as the others do. And you relieve yourself in the namesake of the amphitheater, Deer Creek, which runs through the concert venue's property. Here is Mike relieving, I mean reliving, the total stream of consciousness that he felt in that moment when several dozen cowboys and cow gals witnessed him tumble into the depths of Deer Creek. I recall it was like a tailgating scene outside of there. Yes. And then I recall... There happened to be. there. I rec- it was just like a football game, except it was a bunch of wild Hank Jr. Leonard Skinner fans. But see, when you tailgate like that, you work up the need to urinate. And so there's the creek, Deer Creek Amphitheater is named after, and all these dudes were lined Deer up. Creek. Deer Creek. They were pissing in the it, creek. Somebody fell in. It personally should be named after <laughs> Somebody, somebody mean, fell in Deer Creek before the concert. <laughs> That night, <laughs> that night, I technically took over the the official name of Deer yes, Creek you did. to uh, Worm Creek. <laughs> so, oh, dude, we're getting ready to go in. There's a line of people on this tree line, is what I remember. Yep. And this tree line just let it was just a straight drop off. It was straight drop off. So all you're doing is pissed. Yep. Yep. I'll stop it right here to describe the area a little bit. There's a giant grass parking lot, a big amphitheater in the distance, tree line running adjacent to the parking lot. And within the tree line are the banks of Deer Creek with a pretty decent drop off down into the creek. Also within the trees and lined up along the creek are people who knew it would be faster to use the creek as a porta potty So there were a lot of people lined up along the creek. And as I finished up (laughs) and was starting to turn around, I heard a tumble and then a splash. Let me me paint the picture of nothing but urine Uh and dirt. Uh Because that's essentially (laughs) what I went... 
and decided to go have a great time slipping sliding down. <laughs> because I'm at Deer Creek, it's been pissed on by, well, I mean, that place holds, I don't know, 15,000 mm-hmm, people mm-hmm, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there was a bucket of urine and dirt just down this this creek bed. <laughs> and I decided, <laughs> dude, I can still fucking remember I was wearing like black jeans. Black silver tabs, probably. And... That's all we wore back in the day. <laughs> Levi's probably. silver tabs. I remember sitting there and I come, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to pee. I got to pee so bad. And I go ahead and start peeing. And then all of a sudden, it's it's like the fucking Indiana Jones. You just got flushed. <laughs> like a fucking toilet. And dude, I went sliding down that damn thing. And I remember pissing next to this guy. And he was like, with his wife, you know, because we're all like, uh, yeah, right, yeah, here we are peeing, right. and I go taking a, uh, it was at least ten feet, at least it was, it was a drop, I went, it, yeah, which let me remind you, you have to climb back up out of that <laughs> if you fall down it. So, so folks, when you hit the bottom, it's not game <sighs> over. You got to relive the humiliation all the way up, <laughs> everybody. There. And there's piss and dirt the entire way back up. Yes, so, yes. anywho, to finish the story yes. is I get done and uh, lose my footing. Um, and I took a slip and slide right into the creek. And I remember these jeans because I went down waist deep. Yes, dude. you were waist deep. It I think your wallet deep. got wet, I think. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, down everything up. I was waist deep, but like a trooper. You did. Like a guzzler. Yes. Like a John Adams grad. Yes. I went ahead and climbed up out of the soupy cesspool of hell. And uh, came came back up and went to the Hank Jr. concert and watched the shit out of it. Yes. Yep. Mike was definitely a trooper. He wasn't going to let falling waist-deep in water and other substances get in the way of the Hank Jr. concert. Here is Mike recalling his favorite part of the Great Tumble. And after that, we describe how you tend to forget about falling in the creek, sleeping on a rock, or even getting lost once the music starts. The best part about all this is the guy that I was pissing next to Yes. He goes, he goes, holy shit, you all right, man? And I'm like, oh, man. And he helped me up out of the yeah. the depths of hell. Yeah. And and he goes, damn, honey, I thought I caught a fish on my worm. <laughs> yes. And he probably had that drawl, too, because we were at a Hank Jr. concert. Damn, it was, honey. It was. I thought I got a uh, fish on that worm. <laughs> That's at that point in time, 
about the only thing that could make me laugh was yes, that. that was great. So I started laughing and that was great. Oh, fuck. We went in and enjoyed the concert. Yeah, think that's of that, the way dude. we roll. We, at, at the time, we rocked Hank Jr. To this day, those songs resonate with me, man. And we watched him live. Yeah. Like watched him rock yeah, out sure. and, and all those songs. And, and it's like anything, once you're there and in the moment, dude, you're just not a care in the world. At, at concerts like that, yep. you know, like you, you don't even think about, I just fell or I just slept on a rock the night before. Or I just drove from South Bend of Bloomington to Kentucky, back to Bloomington to Indianapolis. <laughs> Dude, it's just the next step, man. Just the next step. As you just heard, once the music starts, it makes it all worth it. The main event of our trip, the concert was now over. So we headed back to Bloomington to crash in Mark's dorm to wake up the next morning and have a peaceful Sunday drive back to South Bend. Well, upon waking up on Sunday, we didn't head back as planned, as our host had different plans. He wanted to take us spelunking, or in other words, caving. Now, this is the second time on our trip that I did not adequately pack. I didn't pack to stay the night outside in Kentucky catfishing. And I definitely didn't pack proper gear to explore a cave. Unless you think Adidas shell toes will do the trick. Then the next step is we drove back down to Bloomington that night, slept uh, in the door, uh, yes. woke up on Sunday morning knowing we had to drive. You are so right. It was Sunday because we went from the caving experience home. straight home. Yes. Yes. So we woke up Sunday morning and I didn't know I was I was in, you know, in, in for all this. And so Mark is a spelunking <laughs> junkie. And to those listening, spelunking is caving. And in southern Indiana, mm -hmm. there's a lot of caves. And so Mark says, let's go caving. And I'm, you know, he's he's a tour guide. He's like, I'm, you know, I can take you wherever. All I remember, I'm like, guys, I don't have anything to wear. You really didn't either. Um, but he had he had two helmets with flashlights on them, and you guys got those. I got a helmet with no flashlight. I think I just... You got a baseball cap, Yeah, like cap, a baseball man. cap or some shit. <laughs> so anyway, I'm wearing Adidas shell toes because <laughs> that's what we rocked back in the 90s, and the mid-90s. Yes. We rocked those shell toes. I probably had stonewashed jeans. We can't go any further without describing some highlights of our tour guide spelunking resume. Remember, Mike's brother Mark was only a sophomore in college at the time, so it's not like he was a professional. He did, however, have a passion for this type of stuff and had explored a lot of caves in southern Indiana by this time. Here is Mike lovingly describing his brother Mark in the only way a loving brother can. So it was the sketchiest shit. And, and <laughs> Matt, this is the person that we entrusted our fucking lives into <laughs> is this guy. Your brother, Let right? Let me tell you some of his. <laughs> yes. So this dude has been. All right. To give him a positive, Correct. he's been uh, written about yes. in Spelunky magazines. He has uh, basically gone through and uh, navigated through unknown caves uh -huh. and and scoped those out and measured mm -hmm. those. He's got out. beautiful pictures in there and and. Yep. Yeah. He's been, uh, he's repelled through pits that are about the size of the, yeah, yep. some of them the size of the fucking Empire State Building type Insane. of stuff. Like crazy shit. Yep. Let me tell you the other side. 
So the, the other side is I've heard stories of this dude being on these type of properties that he drug us onto, almost getting killed by a bull Jesus. that fucking charged him and he flipped over a fucking fence right before it stabbed the shit out of it's him. It's our tour guide. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, hey... Thanks, Mr. Tour Guide. Let's go in with two shitty-ass helmets. Yes, yes. Um, no fucking backup lighting. No. And um, this sounds like a great idea. Yes. <laughs> when most of us think of caves, we probably think of the more touristy-type caves like Mammoth Cave in Kentucky, where it's all lit up inside with professional tour guides. Kids and older folk can still experience it a bit. Not this cave. What you'll hear is that Mark basically took us on, I think, private property. And as we're walking through the woods, he says, the cave's right there. Man, I looked around and I couldn't see shit. Anything other than more woods. But I looked closer and there it was, the quote unquote entrance to the cave. It looked like a fox den, but no way was that an entrance to a cave. So what you'll hear is us describing climbing into this tiny hole in the ground. But before doing so, there's a very interesting and also very scary way that attendance is done on those that enter the hole in the ground. We're walking through a, oh, the man. woods. The woods. And he, we walk yes. up and there's just like a like a pile of rocks and there's like a, I just remember like a opening the size of, I don't know, like a, not even the size of like a yoga ball, like smaller than Dude, that. No, you could barely get your shoulders. Through yes. It. Like you could, you had to slither three foot in diameter at most. Oh my God, dude. And we climbed in there. Let me illustrate this for the fucking viewers <laughs> for me and Emery is we go into this. This is our first ever cave ever. ever. Not a tourist cave. It was fucked yes. up. I mean, backwoods. Yes. You sign your name on a log, and if we're dead, <laughs> we're in there. And that's what we did. Yeah. Oh, we my God, you're right. Did. We had to sign yes. our name Remember that? on the log. Not- so if we didn't come out and sign shit. out, we were dead in the fucking cave somewhere. Dude. I'll stop it right there. You heard that. We had to kind of carve our names on a log outside of this hole in the ground that acted like an entrance to a cave. And when you came out, you scratched your name off, noting that you survived. If your name was not scratched off, you might still be in the depths of a southern Indiana cave. Back to Mike and I. And these caves are unlike any... Anybody that says, oh, I've been to Mammoth Cave, No, no, that's a tourist cave. That has nothing... Nothing to do with it. I'm talking crawling in a fucking hole in the ground. And then next thing you know, it's it's intense. So we have these (laughs) fucking lights and shit. And my brother's like, I know this cave. I've been down through it a million times. I'm like, okay. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Let's let's go with this guy. Let's go with the guy that had a fucking goddamn car that was less expensive than his fucking radio (laughs) system. This sounds like a great plan. So we go down into this cave with them, and we are crawling through it. When I'm saying crawling through it, I mean you are being pressured from the top and bottom. Like it was so. At some points, it was hard to breathe. Yes. You had to get past, and you could a not point in order turn to your head. 
So so no, so it was so were, so if you're listening out there, if you're claustrophobic. Yes, it, yo, game, game over. over. So if you're listening, imagine you're laying on your bed, you know, like flat on your stomach with your head facing one way. Mm-hmm. You physically could not turn your head to the other way until we got out of the. They called it the birth canal. I think was the name of that canal yes. we had to crawl in. We are not exaggerating here. We were crawling in the pitch black, pitch black in something called the birth canal. While you're on your stomach, it was so narrow that you literally could not turn your head to the other side. But as you'll hear later, there were other areas in the cave that were just breathtaking and indescribable. Before we talk about those breathtaking sights in the cave, we talk about another obstacle that was breathtaking, literally. So do you remember? All right, so we're going through this shit. And every did not have a hard. No, I don't think I did. Fucking wrong. Right? This is so Adidas Shelto's. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, but oh my god, this we're so stupid. Do you remember that one point in that cave where you had to hold your breath and tuck your yes. head underneath yes. water in order to get through oh. that? You, you, me, and my brother are the only ones. Oh, that can even my God. like understand that, but I try and say that That's where like there was a point in time go underwater where we had to hold yes. our breath and yes. squeeze and pull ourselves yes. through this yes. crevice yes. in order to get up to air. Yes, yes. Mike, uh, our what the Mike, fuck were we thinking? I'm holding a three up. Our our kids yes. will be that old in three years. When we did this. Oh my so just gosh, think of that perspective. Scary. Dude, think of that. Uh, Our parents dude, am... think of that. <laughs> nope. I, I, oh man. That, that's mind blowing. <laughs> mind blowing. You heard that correctly. There was a point in that cave, that pitch black cave, that we had to crawl underwater to get to the next area of the cave. Insanity. Next, we describe how stunning the cave's ecosystem actually was. And it was truly a sight that I had never seen before and 26 years later, I haven't seen since. We were in rooms that were literally the size of an auditorium or even larger. There were streams inside the cave, but the water, I mean, it was perfectly still, perfectly still. No wind at all. I mean, I had never seen anything like that. The temperature inside the caves in southern Indiana are always 55 degrees. Always. Winter, spring, summer, and fall. So we were definitely in awe of the cave's environment. We're in the cave. I don't know. And I remember we're in the birth canal, all skinny rooms like or skinny canal. Yep. And then, though, mm-hmm. it, it, it was pretty damn cool. It was though, cool, hell, wasn't it? Because stalactites just and beautiful. whatever the fuck else. And you're in, you're yeah. in a room. <clears throat> albino. Albino. Albino uh, fish. Salamanders yeah, and shit. Because they'd never yeah. seen the light of day. The water was as <laughs> calm as you will ever see because there's never wind. It was crazy. So we were in rooms the size of a car. Then we were in rooms. And it's 55 degrees. <laughs> Year-round. Every year-round. Year-round, 55 degrees. Then we're in rooms the size of the, like, the John Adams High School Auditorium. So we're in rooms that are it was huge, crazy. like a stadium. 
But then then yeah. you have to locate the little damn hole again to go to the next place. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was unbelievable. And it wasn't like cave you think like dry. No, it was like clay, like drenched, like wet Yeah, it was dirt. fucked up. Like we were completely caked head to toe. Once again, I remind you that my equipment was not the best. And remember that we had just talked about how you'd be in one small area of the cave and then all of a sudden you are in a giant auditorium-sized room climbing over hills, rocks, and other obstacles. Well, when you're wearing Adidas shell toes in a soaking wet cave with no flashlight on your hard hat, you're bound to slip up a bit. But I do remember taking a spill. Do you remember that at all when I... (laughs) Rolled um, out the I certainly hill. do. <laughs> Talk to me about the spill. <laughs> so, so let me bring it back to we probably didn't outfit Matt with the best <laughs> equipment in the world. So he had no helmet or this or that. But you come out of this shitty little—I uh, I don't know—you come out of this little like snail trail uh-huh. deal, and then bam, an entire auditorium yep. opens yep. up. And there was this massive rock structure, mm-hmm. like almost like a mound mm-hmm. that you wanted to just climb yeah. because it was just there. But you're in this huge room with this rock structure. And so we start just goofing around and, and climbing up and down this little rock structure. And all of a sudden, and granted, now let's let's paint this picture. It is pitch black. Pitch black. Pitch black. Pitch black. Other than your than your headlamp, pitch pitch black. And had your headlamp gone out? I didn't have a headlamp, dude. I had man, I had a flashlight. (laughs) Shit. I feel like because I remember (laughs) us losing a headlamp at some point, and I'm like, we're gonna die. All right. Yes. And I was like, we're totally fucked. We're gonna die down here. But. At, at one point, I'm like, we're like, man, this is crazy. And that's all my brother really wanted to show us yeah. was, hey, look how big this right. is and yada, yada. Anyways, so we're climbing up this stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear, oh, <laughs> I, I turn, yeah. I turn my head over and I just see Emery, <laughs> Emery dropping off of like this eight foot ledge <laughs> with his yep. <laughs> With pretty much nothing. Yep. In my street clothes. It <laughs> just comes, yeah, came bouncing <laughs> down. But those Adidas didn't help you on those, no. man. You got, no. you went straight no. down. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. we just lost Matt. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> pretty smart. It was pretty dude. smart. How I walked away from that unscathed, I have no clue. No clue. Next, we have some reflective thoughts of how exhausting yet memorable the weekend was. And then, then uh, I think we wrapped up the cave on, on a Sunday and we showered at McNutt. And then we hopped back into yes. RX-7 and drove four hours north back home. 200 miles. I don't even know how we didn't drive into like a bridge. Unbelievable. <laughs> because I'm. that was one of the most exhausting trips ever. But yeah. how the fuck did we do yeah. that, man? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It was one of the most memorable. Uh-huh. Um, oh yeah, I, 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 I won't forget that man. That was some crazy shit. Exactly. 
Holy cow. That's that's a weekend in the weekend of Matt and Mike right oh, there. Oh, you're damn right. Oh. If, 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 if you can't pack in. <laughs> yeah. If, if you can't pack in a Kentucky fishing <laughs> trip in the middle of the sticks, a slip, slip and slide down the Hank Jr. fucking uh, Deer Creek Hall of Shame, <laughs> and, and then a fucking spelunking trip. <laughs> which basically we barely made it, it out where we had to we survive almost signed our life away on a um, tree stump <laughs> yeah while driving over i don't know 800 miles throughout the entire easily. thing you easily you don't know how to you don't know how to no. live a weekend of Matt hell Mike. no hell no <laughs> and then go to school on monday <laughs> yeah yeah that's no problem <laughs> just give me physics i'll flunk the shit jesus out jesus christ <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> In our previous Cypress Hill or Bust episodes, I asked our listeners, and I asked myself, if I would let my own child attend a concert like this. I asked Mike the same thing if he'd let his daughter head away on a weekend with her friends like this. In short, Mike explains that he'd have faith that his daughter wouldn't take as many risks as we did, and she'd be fine. But this led him into a bigger picture perspective of the strong bond and absolute brotherhood that our group of friends have and have had for 30 years plus. He explains that he would like nothing more for his daughter than for her to have this lifelong friendship that we all have. I don't know that I would, but here's here's where I'm at with it, man. Um, I, I think the way like that Lisa and I have raised Grace she wouldn't take those steps. <laughs> like, I feel like we were like, I had three older brothers to fuck up so much stuff that I was just a free child <laughs> and I could do a whole lot of stupid shit. But, um, quite honestly to prevent her from, uh, experiencing some of the brotherhood that we have as, and, and no doubt let let me make this clear. The South Bend boys are on a different level than most that I've ever heard from mm-hmm. on oh, yeah. people that I'm friends with now, people that uh, I know that are going, Correct. you know, that new people in high right. school. Total different level. Right. We are literally at probably, and I, I don't know how it happened other than um, all of us mm-hmm. and all of our combined just differences between all of us i feel like we shook up a magical potion that is literally this group of people and my my oldest brother eric Mm -hmm. said it the best Mm -hmm. when i took him to a notre dame game and he was just like and we met over at vargas Mm -hmm. and stuff and he was just like man there is something special right between you right right and and i i I just i don't know how to say that like, I can't deny right. that. I mean, we are literally, it doesn't matter if it takes two months to get me on this damn podcast, <laughs> which I apologize, or, or this, this, or that, right. but it is always like every time I hang up with y'all, whether it's two years, uh-huh. whether it's two months, whatever it is, I feel like I pick up the phone at the same ending Oh of- yeah wherever oh, yeah. we left off oh, yeah. and i no, think no that's amazing oh, yeah. so oh yeah so i would say this going back yeah. to your question 
I would say this. Um, I would hope that my daughter develops a relationship like Correct. that. I would hope that my child has friendships like right. that. I would pray for yep, that. Me too. Like, and, and no matter what happens, I feel like we've laid the groundwork uh-huh. by being such fuck-ups <laughs> and such crazy bastards. We've laid the ground up, groundwork that that would allow them to uh, basically navigate through whatever the hell they want uh-huh. and enjoy their life and just be them. Yep. And that's that's the beauty that I feel like yep. I have. Yep. I thank you for listening to another episode of Memory Mission. I hope that it sparked your own memories of being 17 years old and visiting your brother's buddy in college and then driving to Kentucky to catfish all night and then get lost on the way to the Hank Williams Jr. concert the next night. Then on the day of your departure, you decide to go spelunking, irregardless of your experience level and basic safety equipment. Everyone's done that, right? If you like our show, please be sure to share with a friend, follow us on Twitter, at Memory Mission, or on Facebook, Memory Mission. You can also reach out and email us at memorymission at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening.